0: Welcome to The Skyward Spiral, a self-improvement and productivity podcast. I'm David Whitechapel. I'm a fiction writer and content creator, and I'm working on being more productive and efficient with my time and energy. I really enjoy learning about self-improvement and productivity, and always aim to apply the best lessons I learn to my own work and practice.
1: And I'm Brent Harris. I'm a productivity coach, and I spend my time guiding people into sustainable high-level productivity. So, in today's session, this session is on burnout. Right. And burnout. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to talk about that today, um, and in particular because I was uh, I went through a massive, massive burnout episode in my own life just recently, and so I've been um, monitoring it and really uh, thinking about it and uh, puzzling about it and how it fits into the overall gestalt of sustainable high level productivity, which is something I I pay a lot of lip service to. And, uh, and so I felt like it would be an appropriate thing to get into today if you're down with it, David.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I- I'm sorry that happened to you. Are you unburned out now?
1: Yes, yeah I am. Oh good. So uh, so it's, it's pretty exciting stuff. So I've like a like sort of um, uh, a framework that I like to share with you in terms of like what burnout is and how it works. And so I figured what we could start off by doing is just going meta one more time, and really um, establishing once again what it is that we're uh, accomplishing um, in our conversations here and in these episodes and in this podcast. Sure, and yeah. uh, cool, cool. And so, and so for me, right, you know, giving it some thought, like so, it's you know, we're a lot of our conversations centered around productivity and uh, self discipline and and that sort of thing, and and really like you know when i'm when i was looking into myself like what i what i'm really after at the very bottom of all of this is to create a framework where we can get into a sort of a way of what is it that we can create a way of being a way of operating that works that we can carry over time that is Sustainable at the highest level, in terms of like a groove that we can stay in for the rest of our lives that doesn't fall apart, that doesn't collapse, and that puts us in a place that allows us to offer up our most important gifts to the world. So that puts us like on track to to release the best of our gifts
0: right, so you're talking about what we talked about back in episode one, which is why we call the podcast mm-hmm. the skyward spiral, uh, the sustainable aspect, the consistency of the spiral. And the sort of ever upwardsness.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly so. And and so the thing is right because like you know we're going to get into this talk about burnout and so. And, you know, it's made me realize that there are, there are so many, like what we can do is we can put together, say structures and systems, like say, and they can be very rigid and very structured. So it's like, okay, I'm going to wake up every day at 6am and I'm going to take a cold shower and drink a spinach smoothie and, you know, and just kind of having a, a day set up like that, you know, or, or whatever else. And what tends to happen is that these structures tend to collapse over time, like, when we put it, we can put in a lot of effort to maintaining a schedule or a discipline or a structure, but very rarely does it just stay in place forever. And it seems at the very end of the day to collapse. And so it makes me wonder, like, is it even possible to to set up a structure or to get into some kind of a productive groove that is invulnerable, say, or that is that can really withstand time over time. And so that's what I want to puzzle out here. Okay. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay out what I have here so far, and then maybe I'll tell the story of my own burnout, and then we can uh, we can put the whole thing together. So uh, so as I was thinking about burnout, and as I was thinking about collapse, um, something occurred to me, which uh, we can call the, uh, the mastermind paradox. And it goes as so. It's that, you know, like you, me, like all of us, I really believe all the way down, like we have, we come into the world, we have these gifts to offer, we have things to say, uh, we have value to offer, we have services to offer, and there's responsibility for us to take on and carry in the world. And when we do that, we are really becoming the best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. And so that's good. Now, the way we go about that, there's, there's two major things at play. On one hand, there is the, the part of us on the level of the mind that masterminds this process. So we'd say something like, okay, here's a goal that I want to get to. Here's what I want to accomplish over the next couple months or years. And here's my plan to get there. And I'm going to commit to this plan and I'm going to do discipline and I'm going to really, um, and I'm going to, uh, get through this no matter what it takes. And you kind of get that sort of raw kind of edgy, like kind of pushing sort of motion behind it. And, uh, and that's, that is utterly necessary like in order to accomplish these goals like we need to really give everything that we have towards the end so there's that and then at the same time we also have the the part where <clears throat> we also have the part where our potential is something that is larger than us. Or in other words, it's unknown to us. It's a mystery to us and it unfolds on our behalf. And so, you know, when I say that, what I mean is like perhaps David, like in your own history, I don't know if it happened to you like this, but uh, when you decided to be a writer, like you might have found yourself wondering, like, was it a a decision that you made or was it a decision that was made on your behalf? I would actually be curious what you think about that.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like you've asked me this question before. I can't remember if it was on the podcast. Um, Let's see. So I, before I was a writer or would have called myself a writer, I was maybe going to go into being an academic or something like that. I was doing other things. but the But the thing is, I was still writing. I was writing at that time. I just didn't consider it one of the main things I did. I considered it a hobby. And I had always played with... Inventing fantastic worlds uh, for a long time, since I was young. So the actual transition between that and me calling myself a writer, I, th- I feel like me calling myself a writer was more based on me leaving other things behind and focusing down on what was previously a hobby of mine. Interesting. Does that make sense? And I mean, mm-hmm. it was... Um, like after the fact now i can i can justify i can say oh i've been doing this ever since i was a little kid Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so historically i can justify it and say it's always been there but
1: right right right
0: i don't know that i was necessarily like fated to do it interesting fair enough
1: well at minimum at minimum there's there's the, uh, the potential was there to become a writer. Like, you yes. know, it could be something like, hey, like you could have gone this way or that way. But there were like, say, a handful of major avenues that you could have taken, but but it's at the exclusion of a, me- a multitude of other avenues.
0: Yeah, right, right. Absolutely. That's true. Cool.
1: Cool. Yeah. And so in those avenues were, you know, we, we could probably most intelligently say that they were there. They weren't chosen. They were just like, they were there in you to begin with. And, and we might even like my pet theory about this kind of thing is that suppose you went, you know, you didn't choose to be a writer, but you went like a different way. Like say like, you know, the way of a philosopher or a logician or, or whatever it is that, that somehow, you know, your the greater gifts in you to share with the world. They would manifest themselves through that, that, um, that in other words, like, you know, as long as we get hummus, it doesn't matter exactly which cracker we use. If it's like an oat cracker or a, a rice cracker
0: yeah okay so you're saying in the sense that we all have a unique voice that Mm -hmm. voice can be heard in different ways depending on what you do
1: that's right that's right it's it's the voice aspect but it's also it's it's there's more in addition to the voice there's the part where we actually serve and leave the world better than how we found it
0: i mean i would argue that not everyone does that
1: right right but i would argue that i mean that that's for sure right you know that is certainly sure but but that that seedling is in every person and and the the thing that varies is whether or not people cultivate that to its fullest expression but but what i am saying is that that's where it leads for any one person if if it is cultivated to full expression
0: okay yeah
1: and you know, and regardless of whether whether it's like you know, say something you know in it, like in a sciency way, or like say in the form of of like say you know music or art or, or whatever it is, it's just when a person becomes the fullest and best, most actualized versions of themselves, it tends to, at least in my opinion, I, and you know that it tends to culminate in how how the person is leaving the world better than before, whether it's in the form of entertainment or whatever it is
0: sure and i guess when i'm thinking about it even those people who i would say leave the world worse i don't think that they believe that they're leaving the world worse Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm. from their point of view improving things or whatever true true oh
1: yeah then you might get into some tricky territory that
0: way we don't need to get too far into that (laughs) i I understand no i hear that in terms of i i I, when you were saying this i was envisioning um a flower blooming Mm -hmm. in the sense that what you were describing of a person's possible like potential that can be realized in the world. I think that's a combination of nature and nurture because obviously you need to be exposed to things to be good at them and and to learn them, to even do them in the first place. You could be a world-class chess player who's never played chess, unfortunately, and you just never know. Right. Right. But I was thinking, yeah, of a flower. And then the idea of, of your unique talents becoming Mm -hmm. exposed, regardless of, you know, what discipline specifically you go into of you still having a unique voice and style Mm. yeah again a a flower i guess is growing in a certain place in a certain environment in certain weather and under the right conditions it blooms and right i think some people's lives bloom in that sense that you have a you know a a moment a, a period of of excellence or you know excellent productivity or output whether that be artistic or entrepreneurial or you know whatever it is yes some people learn how to make their lives bloom like that so that's the kind of metaphor i was thinking of for that
1: yes yeah well i mean yeah it appeared in my mind as well as a metaphor yeah i think that's right and so you know so part of what you know kind of this topic here is you know what what does the flower have to do with its own blossoming you know to to what extent is the flower participating in the blossoming process because you could maybe say that it's something that the flower is doing that it's doing and you can also describe it as something that's just happening despite the flower
0: well i think the human flower is a bit of both right
1: yes yes indeed Yes. And so it's, it strikes me that, you know, moving along the skyward spiral, you know, manifesting our highest potential is, is somehow making peace and with uh, making peace with and exploring the paradox of to what extent is my potential manifested manually in the sense that I, as I know myself must do it. And to what extent does it happen through me? And all I need to do is just create the proper conditions for it
0: right that's interesting so you're you're talking about let's say being able to manage your environment to continue with this flower metaphor Mm -hmm. if the flower can manage its location and the soil that it's in and the weather that it's Mm -hmm. in and the you know the other foliage around it it would have a lot Mm -hmm. more control over its Mm -hmm. blooming Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and as human beings we can control our environment and other things around us our relationships and our specific place in life etc we we have some level of control over that
1: yes yes exactly so now so as a human as a human what will happen is there it's it's strange because like what we what we so much want to do is become fully actualized and so we'll come up with a plan to do something that moves into that 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 higher actualization or or um you know when we become say a better and greater version of ourselves. So say we're taking on a habit, like a running habit or dieting or reading or meditating or making sure we get up on time and we're doing stuff. We will, there's, we will be doing that manually. And so that's, that's the part where it's like, where we ourselves are moving into this higher expression of ourselves. And then yet, and then yet at the same time, at the same time despite what ideas we have about what it means for ourselves to actualize it always falls short and the the full picture of what it means for us to actualize is held is held in the seed which is it's held in the potential and it's unknown to us so in other words if i were to if i were to tell a 6 year old version of myself how my life was how my life unfolded up until now It wouldn't really make sense to the kid. It'd be like, holy shit, you know, because like back then I wanted to be the prime minister, you know, or, or a scientist. And like, it kind of went and, and how my life unfolded from my six-year-old self up until now, my 33-year-old self, it's just, it's, there's so much more nuance and detail and color in it than I could have ever possibly, possibly, possibly have fathomed. And I know that it's going to be that way going forward until I'm 63 or 66. You know, it's going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, there's just, there's so little about what's in store for me in terms of how I become more fully expressed versions of myself, that there's no way that I could possibly mastermind it right now. So the mastermind is in some sense already in place. And yet paradoxically, I must also do my best to mastermind it. Kind of like sailing in the, sailing in the night and just kind of approximating things. It's not a great metaphor, but I think you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. So you're saying that, actually, I, I'd like you to clarify what you're saying. So you, mm, mm-hmm. this mastermind thing is, is I, I understand the, I don't understand the paradox. I understand that mm. the mastermind approach of trying to mastermind your future is essentially um, folly because yes. your future is so unpredictable. Yes. There's a quote from Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yes. Right? So, you know, plans are great until they go wrong, and they inevitably do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I totally understand that. But what's the paradox bit?
1: So, the paradox is that we still must create a plan and carry out that plan as, as steadfastly as we can, despite knowing that the plan is... Not that that plan is probably wrong.
0: And the the plan's kind of doomed to fail. Yes. Thank you. Sure. I understand that then. So it's the paradox of having to plan for the future, despite the fact that you are forced to contend with the truth that no plans really work out.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and yet, and yet we, yeah, we must make a plan anyway. It's sort of like asking college majors to choose their, um, or rather uh, asking high schoolers to choose their college major or university major. And they're like, I have no idea how I want the rest of my life to unfold. And, and so there's like, it's so it's basically impossible to predict how your life is supposed to unfold. But nevertheless, we, in order for it to unfold, we must create some kind of plan and move forward with it. And so, and so there's like this sort of balance where it's like, we need, we need the plan and we need the strategy and we need to really stick to it. Otherwise we won't do it. And yet at the same time, yeah, it's, it's doomed to fail and it's going to, and then when we do that, then a greater and more accurate, more nuanced plan will emerge in its stead. And that's how we feel our way into the manifestation of our potential.
0: Okay. I follow. Cool. Yeah.
1: So that, that to me is the, the mastermind paradox, how it's like we must mastermind it and yet it's already masterminded for us. And we must, we have to negotiate it um, in some way. So, so now, so, you know, bringing in this, uh, this picture of burnout, I, I wanted to, set this up as the stage first, because to me, there's, there's burnout happens in, there's two forms of burnout that I think we typically associate as one type. And if we can differentiate between these two different types of burnout and treat them appropriately, then we can, we can correct the course a lot more easily. I think there's a lot of confusion about burnout where we, we applied the wrong treatment to it and, and then we just stay stuck. We stay in burnout and, and we're not able to properly restore ourselves and get on to the next section of our lives. And so that's what I want to get into presently.
0: All right. So what are the two kinds?
1: Cool. Okay. So burnout means one of two things. It either means, one, you're spending more energy than you're renewing over time. Or it means 2 you're you're attempting to do something that is not fundamentally working, and and is the wrong way. You're uh, you're um, barking up the wrong tree. So for the first style of burnout, what's happening is we're just we're just running out of energy. And so the thing is is you'll get all these people that are they have so many responsibilities and there's so much stuff to do and they're not taking proper care of themselves. And so what they're doing is they're getting increasingly worn out over time. So just getting increasingly tired and not having enough proper renewal. And so, and so you'll find that you're in this kind of situation. If you're in perpetual waiting, like you're just waiting to get to the next thing, waiting, you know, waiting to get to the weekend or waiting to get to the end of the task. And so, the solution to that is relatively simple. The idea is to make sure that the boat floats. So in other words, there must be time for renewal every single day, ideally a minimum of an hour daily. Because, And, and then very specifically, in that hour of renewal, it is paramount that you're not um, doing anything sort of productive. So like what a lot of people will be like, oh, well, if I'm, you know, if I'm watching TV, like I, I may as well watch a documentary because that way I can be watching something and learning at the same time. And so what that is, is that during renewal time, we're sneaking in covert productivity. And, and but the thing is, is that, you know, even though it's a, an admirable gesture, when we're sneaking in covert productivity, we're no longer doing renewal. Because the thing is, is that in order to be productive, productivity is the exhale. It's, it's the outward movement. And in order to exhale, we need to have inhaled. And so when we're in a style of thinking where productivity is more important than downtime, or like we must be getting things done as opposed to say like playing video games or watching TV or something, um, it's... It is an incorrect orientation because the renewal, the renewal piece is just by definition as important as the product productivity piece, just in the same way that the inhale is as just as important as the exhale. And so therefore, in this one hour, minimum one hour daily where you're in renewal, you must be literally by definition wasting time. Am I making sense, David?
0: Yeah, although I feel like I've heard advice to the contrary before not not about never wasting time but Mm. that certain things like that certain leisure activities can actively sap your energy even though they're sort of idle things to do so scrolling through facebook or something might not be like you know the most mentally healthy thing or watching trashy tv might might have a detrimental effect on you or something i've just heard some advice Mm. you know to that end so what, what do you make of that
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hard to say the, like, you know, maybe like, like certain, like certain choices can be made where it's like, you don't necessarily want to like do things that are bad for your health, whether it's physical or mental health, but it is important to do something that, that is really, it really is a time waster. So for example, you know, if it's like watching trashy TV and it makes you kind of feel like anxious or like not good after you finish watching it and kind of messes with your, uh, you know, with how you feel, then like, you know, maybe, maybe avoid that. But we are looking for something that's truly, truly time wasting, like say like playing a video game that, you know, just that, that is like, um, like a stupid video game or watching stupid videos on YouTube or, or just sitting down and zoning out, like just zoning all the way out. So
0: this is kind of like a purely hedonistic i mean it doesn't have to be you know excessively pleasurable but a purely hedonistic thing right something that's just for you to be comfortable in the moment
1: that's right that's right yeah and it makes sense right because like if if none of that is there then all you're left with is just productivity and productivity like like that's activity that is creating the future which of course is which of course is essential but if all we're doing is creating the future then like there's just there's no now it's just it's only future and then there's no actual life being lived which is what it all was for originally
0: yeah that's pretty interesting yeah so yeah so
1: therefore therefore it's very very important to step entirely out of the productivity mindset in fact i want to i want to share kind of a a model that i work with that i think is really have i spoken about the gear analogy david
0: um no, I do not recall you saying that. Sorry, I'm still uh, thinking about when you said the model that I work with, I wasn't sure whether you have a client who's a model. <laughs> I see. Oh, I got gotcha. yeah, yeah. Like you go. a model. Like a, you know, I, anyway, I haven't heard the gear analogy before.
1: All right, right. All right. Okay. Yeah. So the gear analogy is like this, right? So you imagine like human beings operating at, a, at different gears of effort. And so, and so gear four is when we're like, we're just, we're rocking and rolling. It's like, you know, when say an NBA player is like, they're, they're in the game and they're playing and they're on the court and it's like, let's do it. Um, Gear three is, is a little bit more like, say, if you're not exactly um, involved in activity, but like, you're sort of getting ready for the next burst of activity. So you're staying in that kind of heightened alertness and you're mentally in the game and you're, you're ready to go kind of thing. Uh, gear two is a little bit more like when you're say, uh, in transit from one place to the next, or you're preparing a meal or you're, you're kind of like, it's still, it's still, you're, you're on the job. It's, um, it's like, like, a, what, what gear lifeguards are in when they're, um, working. It's like, you're not, when you're sitting there as a lifeguard, watching p- swimmers in a pool, you're, uh, you're not just chilling and vegging out, you're sitting and relaxing, but you're also attentive and alert and so that's gear 2 and so then gear 1 is is what i'm talking about now where it's like you're awake and you're here but you're you're there's no effort being exerted towards any aim whatsoever and ge- and then and gear 0 is sleep and so gear gear 1 is like for people especially high achievers type a individuals like they're so reluctant to step into gear 1 but but that's where the renewal is that's how that's the inhale that's how we reclaim our energy and and again if there's no inhaling if there's only exhale then just then the whole thing is is bound to collapse at some point or the other
0: yeah that makes sense to me i mean i guess i would add to that that um you kind of get energy from different things right i don't know if this fits your model but mm-hmm. you know this the idea of introvert and extrovert for example is defined mm-hmm. by where you draw energy from do you draw energy from um being alone and doing your Mm -hmm. own thing or do you draw energy from being around other people and Mm -hmm. um being social uh and that is also a way to get energy i don't know if we're talking about the same kind of energy but this might also line up i think we are
1: yeah yeah so yeah so yeah gear one like so you know if you the idea being that say if you can be around people you're like, say around like a group of friends or a couple friends or a party or whatever it is. And no effort is being exerted whatsoever. So you're not like, you're not in effort. You're not trying to, uh,
0: yeah. You're not trying to hobnob with people or like right. make, make connections or something like that, that you're just genuinely being there and enjoying the social aspect. of it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Then that would be gear one renewal. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: So that's, so that
1: like, so, If burnout happens, that would be the first place to look. It's like, am I actually, am I actually making sure to include the inhale, a full inhale, 100%, not just like filling up the tank halfway only to expel it all again. But like, am I really like, ideally, am I coming into every single day and every single week fully restored? Right. That's, that's how, because when we have that established, then we have something that can be sustained. So that would be, so that's like the, you know, the first burnout thing, but then, but then, okay, so then there's this other thing where, where sometimes the structure itself of what you're doing. So your daily life, your, your endeavor on like a more long-term basis, it just starts to fall apart. And then what that feels like is it feels like you're off, you're still offering what seems to be the same amount of effort and you're doing what seemed to be working Before at one point it was working really well and producing a lot of results. And now you're doing it and it's not producing results. And in fact, you're actually doing even more of it. And for some reason it's even producing even less results. And then you kind of end up in this sort of like nook where it's like a hundred percent effort and getting nothing back. That can be kind of an unnerving place to be because when we're there, it's like, well, hell, like nothing's working, but yet I have to reach. I have to get to the other side of the tunnel. So what do I do? And what I found is what we need to do in a situation like that is be willing to take a step all the way back, all the way back, and to move into reserves, to really, really withdraw from the agenda of life. And so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring in my own story here now. So what was happening was, I say, um, I went, so going through uh, 2020, uh, you know, really, really interesting year, of course, for many, many reasons. But speaking personally, what happened was uh, going through the summer, particularly um, July, going into August and then culminating in September, uh, my business went through a really massive growth. Um, a lot of things just finally lined up and I was able to like just take on like all these clients and uh, it was awesome. And I'm just, you know, making all this money and just, you know, feeling really great about everything And, uh, and then like going into September and then, and then kind of going into the latter parts of September, I was also, I was still in this sort of reaching mode where it's like, okay, well now I want to like put out say products and courses and, and, you know, online sales and kind of, you know, go in that direction as well. But then like, even though I was really, really working on getting that direction, there was something in me that was slowing down. There was something in me that was refusing to keep up the pace. And so, and so, I, I did what I was you know, describing earlier, where I was like just like trying my best and like working so hard, but but things just stopped working. I just kind of ran into more and more difficulties. Things stopped working, um, and and I also found myself getting really tired. And I also noticed as well, like I was getting I get on these sessions and I would deliver like you know what I really feel like are quality sessions, but at the same time, there's a part of me that was getting worn out in them. And I noticed that I was just. I was kind of hitting a dead end. I was kind of hitting a brick road where I just kind of felt myself getting more and more. um, I was having more difficulty summoning enthusiasm for my life. So I was like, huh, it's kind of weird. What's going on with that? And so then it hit me. It's like, okay, wow. Like I'm like something, something's really, really off here. I have no idea what it is. And so now I need to make an inward turn. I need to turn in. I need to, um, bring my energy into the reserves, so to speak, or to, yeah, to kind of bring my energy inward. And, uh, and so I started returning home. And so, you know, last week you and I, David, were talking about, um, the power of now and, and that book or two weeks ago, rather. And, uh, and that, that's exactly the mentality that I was at. It's like, I need to return to peace. I need to return to center so that I can properly orient myself so that I can get the largest possible perspective on what's going on and come up with a new intelligent, um, personal mastermind within the gestalt of the greater mastermind that I'm not familiar with. And so I'm doing this right. And, and I realized, first of all, I realized that like, I don't know how long this is going to take and it feels like I'm working with some really deep stuff, like some really deep psychology was emerging in me. And so for, for first week and the second week and the third week, I was only doing like the minimum of what needed to be done in order to maintain the responsibilities of my life. So, you know, you know, working out and taking care of the responsibilities around the home and, and, and every, you know, and maintaining my business and just keeping everything going, but everything else was dedicated to just being with myself. And so, and so as I started doing that, and I was working with my own coach on this as well. And, and what I realized is that that which was surfacing in me was something that's been trying to surface for a very long time. It's just like an old mode of consciousness that was like operating in the background and finally, finally coming up into the foreground. And I tried like I was journaling and journaling and trying to figure out what it was. And, and, and I would have like little bits of clues here and there. And, but even the clues, like I just, I just get confused and I tried journaling and I'd be talking about one thing and I end up talking about another thing and I don't understand. And so I just keep articulating it and articulating it. And I realized at the very bottom, I finally, uh, I finally came to the bottom of what it actually is, and when I figured out what it was, I realized that it was like like a seedling of of, a, of an idea that had just sprouted in in basically everything, in all the different aspects of my life. As these things tend to do, it's like when you have when you really really hold, say, like an idea or a belief all the way down, it just tends to show up everywhere in your life because you're you know you're creating you know from the inside out. And so what it was at the end is is it was doubt it was doubt it was it was just like and you know you might be like you know doubt of what and it was really like just it's not even doubt of of anything in particular it's doubt of everything just like a, a primal kernel of doubt doubt about myself doubt about who i am doubt about what i can do and even that like doubt in what i know because like you know up until then i would be like i i really like doubted everything that i know like for example you might say like um the moon is in the sky. And like, that's, that's true. But like, you know, I would like for me, right. My internal process would be like my eyes are telling me that the moon is in the sky, but I don't know for sure that the moon is in the sky. Right. And it's like, you know, and like, you know, you know, that's, you know, that's an argument for the philosophers, but at minimum, it's a very troublesome way of going about life is like not knowing anything or not, not truly believing, you know, in anything, So then as it surfaced, just somehow just being able to articulate it, just being able to like articulate, oh, oh, look at that. I just carry deep seated doubt. And finally, finally kind of seeing the culprit, it made it a lot more easy to remove because it's just like, oh, I like, okay, now I can start looking beyond it. I can look underneath it. I can start asking more intelligent questions like, how can I step beyond this doubt? How can I release this doubt? What is there instead of doubt, which is, which is more like certainty knowing, having the ability to know something. And then now, and so now like like I'm kind of I'm on the tail end of it. So it's still happening in real time, but it's like it's it's a lot um I'm really, really on uh like um, I'm really at, at the end of this process and uh, and so now the doubt is being released. and so now, now, as I, as I return to my life, and that's what I've been doing in these last couple of days. So I'm picking the reins back up. I'm waking up early again and, and getting back into gear, getting, getting things back into gear, you know, getting organized again, cleaning up the desktop on my laptop, really cleaning up and really getting, uh, getting things together. And I don't know exactly how I'm going to proceed from here, but it's very clear that the plans that I had made for myself are no longer relevant now because I'm a new person. I'm new, I'm different. And so it's time for a new plan. And so I would not have known this. I would have been barking up that same old tree had I not fully surrendered into that which was no longer working for me. So that's the second approach to burnout.
0: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That sounds pretty intense, actually. <laughs> I was yeah. very absorbed in um, <laughs> in your story. Uh, I mean, I think I faced that myself, definitely. Like, um, mm-hmm. doubt is one of those things that I think can often be it can often be present without you realizing it it's often on the periphery of your conscious mind yes or beneath it and it takes some effort or some uh, analysis some real deep analysis to figure out that it's there Mm -hmm. and this is something we're going to talk about a bit next week as well or we're going to talk about something related which is imposter syndrome next week Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that's that's always going to be there in a way in, in life because, you know, as you were saying about the moon, you know, if the moon is there or not, you, you don't really know. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, conspiracy theorists like flat earthers or whatever, they, they take that denial to you yeah. know scientific levels, right. You can, you can uh, right. justify the negation of truth if you, if you, you know, bend far enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's so doubt is always waiting to rear its head for sure. Mm-hmm. And I guess what you're talking about with this kind of burnout that you experienced is this is that you did actually fall into. It's funny. It's almost like um, it's almost like an indictment of the skyward spiral, a, a slight indictment in the sense that, um, you know, the idea of a sustainable way of living that lifts you higher and higher you're saying that you were in a sustainable what what you thought was a sustainable pattern mm-hmm. and it ended up n- not being sustained or not right it ended up not executing consistently and you you reached a failure point of that state right right and yes and I guess I guess that's important too for us to say because uh, in fact that's the whole premise of the podcast is guy with spiral and I guess we should say The skyward spiral, I guess, is not about doing this. is is not about finding a way to only do the same thing. I guess you have to incorporate change within it as well.
1: Well, well, yes, well, yes. Because I mean, well, it depends on how you look at it, right? Because, like, if you imagine, if you imagine, like, the actual image of the spiral, and like, what is it that's moving along that spiral? Because if it's like, like, little me of you know, let's say, like, you know, like the ego aspect and me as I know myself, me with my plans yes, like, well, like that, I think that cannot possibly be sustained because to to say that you can come up with a system or a structure that can be sustained permanently is, is, is the same as claiming that you yourself are mastering your own personal manifestation. Like, in other words, like Like imagine, imagine I had discovered like true blue, sustainable, high level productivity that never, ever breaks ever, ever back when I wanted to be a prime minister, you know, maybe I would have become a prime minister, but like, but that's not, but I wasn't meant to go down that road, you know, or back, you know, when I was two years old and I wanted to be a horse when I grew up, like, that's not what I was meant to become. You know, I was meant to become this. So, so really what is it that proceeds up the upward spiral? Well, it's not, it's not like me with my plans. It's, it's it's the larger, it's the larger me that carries that, that carries like the, the smaller kind of rational aspect of me. And in order to move up the, the, up the skyward spiral. And in order to really manifest our gifts, we need like the, the collapse aspect is necessary. Like there needs to be a collapse so, so that the greater thing can come in. And that, that is the sustainable high level productivity because it incorporates that too. We can't not incorporate that element because, because like, like, I think the part that I really wanted to mention that I forgot to mention is that, is that like, I carry this, this kernel of doubt, which I really like as a term, the kernel of doubt, like just in me this whole time. And then as I proceeded along my growth trajectory, you know, just another word for skyward spiral, just as long as I kept moving along my growth, the, the kernel of, of doubt grew heavier and heavier and heavier. Until, until it be just became apparent. Well, I need to actually figure out what this is. I need to put my, all my shit on hold so I can figure out and identify and articulate what this is so that I can release it so that I can proceed even further along the path. And and now with that gone, I can make an even more intelligent plan on a more micro level.
0: But kind of implicit in this is the fact that you'll, you'll never find an eternal plan, right? Right. So you're always going to have to reach a point where you need to step back and reassess and reconfigure things.
1: Right. Right. Well, okay. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe. But I, I appreciate that question because it's also... It's also like, well, like, what does that mean? Like, what about, what about my greatest aspirations? You know, like the things that I really want to make happen over the course of my lifetime. All the things that I want to achieve. Is that kind of what you're thinking about when you ask that?
0: Well, I guess that's what we're talking about in general on this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but even, even everyday things, I suppose. Yeah, it's strange, right? Because
1: as you move along your growth trajectory, like as you, as you move into fuller and better versions of yourself... Your higher ambitions will either do one of two things. Either, either you'll move along your your growth trajectory and you'll look at your original aims and ambitions and you'll be like, you know what, actually, that's actually not, it doesn't appeal to me anymore. Sometimes that happens. Eh, I don't think this is actually really for me And and it can fall away. But then sometimes there's also ambitions and goals and aims that our desire for them become even stronger and more clarified and refined. And then and then we're moving along it much more in a much more um expedited and steadfast way and then it's through it's through going through this process of what we're talking about where it's like you have a plan you execute it as much as you can until you can't upon which you surrender and open up to greater wisdom to come in and then go th- and then go through that you know gain the wisdom and come up with a new plan and keep moving back and forth keep um, flirting with or dancing with the mastermind paradox. And as we do that, then then that is what will allow us to discern between the goals that, ah, like ultimately they're not for us. They, they weren't really, you know, we, like, you know, we, these goals were more like they came out of a sense of obligation than anything we were actually truly interested in, as opposed to these other goals, which like, like all the way down, they're like, yes, this is what I'm here to do. As we move through this process, we can clarify that.
0: Yeah, I understand that. Goals change through one's life as well.
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely
0: or like um you know they may they may get abandoned entirely or they may just sort of change in scope or like precision or whatever like, like goals as, as you learned like you were saying um a lot earlier about it, when someone's choosing their life goal when they're very young or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they don't know what they're talking about right in a very real sense they don't understand right what it means so the five-year-old you doesn't understand what it means to be prime minister mm-hmm. so yeah that makes sense i feel like we got in pretty deep at the end there can can we can we summarize this uh yes we can yeah let's do that
1: yep 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 uh cool okay well okay so so like in, in the form of the takeaways you're thinking or just summarize oh yeah sure better? sure
0: you know what, let's get into the takeaways yeah, take okay. yeah I Brent, think i'm gonna let to... you do all three but i'll come in on them um I'm going to let you do all three just because sure. I, f- I feel like uh, this is all you burn out today.
1: Sure. Sure. Of course. Okay. So, uh, so okay. So regarding burnout, regarding burnout, number one, number one, just on a, on a technical, practical level, make sure that there's time, there's enough time for renewal in your life daily and weekly. So it means right, and- a minimum of an hour, an hour a day off every day and a minimum of ideally a minimum of a full day off weekly and if all you can manage is like a morning or like an after like you know 2 p.m. onward then so be it but really give yourself at least at least like a 10 hour block where you can be totally non-productive
0: yeah so R&R and this is the solution mm-hmm. to the first type of burnout that you mentioned right
1: that's right that's right and then and then and then and then like throughout that do, doing things that are like not productive, deliberately waste time, and also do your absolute damnedest to not feel guilty about not working. You know, There's no need to feel – when you feel like you're supposed to be exhaling, there's no need to feel guilty about inhaling so that you can exhale. Mm-hmm.
0: Dedicated me time.
1: Yeah, that's right. So that's number one. Uh, number two would be to – if you find that you're – in general, you're no longer yielding results from your effort. And if it feels like you're just putting in more effort and not getting anything back, consider turning back inward and, and coming home. And what I mean by that is really just taking care of all of your responsibilities, but all the extra energy and time you dedicate to yourself so that you can, you can come inward and gain a meta perspective on how to proceed from here. Is that clear enough, David?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean... So this is the solution to the second kind of burnout, right? That's right. And the idea is to sort of zoom out and reassess what you want and how you're going to get it.
1: That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. And, And return to the very, very basic questions of what do I want to do? What's important to me? You know, what do I hope to accomplish over the next section of time? Why do I care about that? Why do I want that? Ask all of these basic questions in order to reorient yourself.
0: So this is kind of like, you know, give yourself a new starting point. Give yourself a new blank canvas.
1: Yes, yes, that's exactly so.
0: Put the plant in new soil.
1: Yes, and and then and then what's good about that is that you can you can review all of your pro, like your goals that you had up until now and review them and the ones that you like keep them, the ones that you don't like get rid of them.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay,
1: and then number three, number three is this. As you go about your the greatest expression of your potential, and as you go about your skyward spiral, keep in mind that there is to be a relationship between these two aspects of yourself, the, the smaller, logical, rational aspect of yourself, and the greater, unknown aspects of yourself. And focus on there being a communication between the two, as opposed to it just being one or the other. And that will be the most balanced way, the most sustainable way of going about this. And it will be your best shot at avoiding burnout. Those are the three takeaways.
0: Right. So there's basically how to solve two kinds of burnout and how to avoid it in the first place. That's right. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty uh, comprehensive. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Wow, Brent, that that felt like a whole journey, to be honest. That was great
1: yeah right on yeah thank you for that yeah thank you for listening and uh and going through that with me Ah, oh, gorgeous yeah uh pleasure as always
0: yeah um yeah that was fantastic i hope you enjoyed it uh listening to that and i hope you uh, can get something from it if you're experiencing burnout or have experienced burnout and um and reflect on what we talked about today because i thought that was really interesting i'm going to be thinking about that for a while and mulling that over cool. Um, cool. maybe we'll talk about it again at some point and revisit this topic yeah hopefully Okay, great. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can tell us about burnout that you've experienced or how you've solved it. Maybe you disagree with um, with what we presented here today. Anything. We'd be happy to hear from you and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can contact us. Um, we're on social media. We're on Twitter at skyward underscore spiral, or you can email us at theskywardspiral at gmail.com. Uh, and Brent, where can people find you online?
1: Yeah. So check me out on YouTube. Just put in Brent huras h-u-r-a-s and you'll find all of my uh, videos there and uh, if you want a deeper in-depth training on sustainable high-level productivity head over to brent just uh, opt-in with your email you'll get a pdf download and then you'll be uh you'll be registered for my free online course that is available for you now that's some pretty good stuff there
0: great and you can find me on twitter at d whitechapel if you want to get in touch with me personally um, with seven episodes in i believe to the podcast so if you're listening yes. this far i really hope you're enjoying it and um you're enjoying uh the journey with us if if you can please leave a review or, or suggest the podcast to friends other people who might enjoy it uh, all of that stuff really helps and uh, and will really help like um grow the podcast so we'd really appreciate that
1: david it's been a pleasure thanks for this
0: yeah thank you very much brent great conversation and we'll be back again next week with something new for you thanks for joining us today
1: all right talk soon
0: bye thanks for listening to this episode of the skyward spiral this show was edited by myself and the musical themes are brought to you by Batchberg music Information and resources on today's topic can be found in the episode description. Please rate and review the podcast on your preferred podcast app. It really helps. See you next time.